Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. We are not good. What? We are not good, Chef. Nope. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Put it in the corner! Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Um, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, h- how you doing? Um, Coach Dicker versus the Hurricane, who would win? Dicker, Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Dicker. Here they are. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogue and Johns with you from Westfield, Indiana. Our third episode this week. This is big. We've been busy. Yes. This, so this is the official CHGO house, huh? Yes. The uh, We have commandeered the uh, CHGO Airbnb. Who slept in the bunk beds? Um, <laughs> There's a lot of bunk beds. <laughs> well, Nicholas, Nicholas Moriano just jumped out of a random hallway. I don't think anyone ever shared a room. Uh, Carmen Braggs were supposed to, but I think Braggs ended up sleeping on the couch that night. You know, and, and, you kicked know, out, which means huh? they got into a fight. You know, the married couple of the group, and uh, apparently Braggs lost that he one. Kicked to the couch. <laughs> so yeah, we are uh, still down here in Indiana. Obviously, the Bears and Colts getting ready to play tomorrow as we record this on Friday morning. After two joint practices, that game will happen Saturday night at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, always a great venue, but Justin Fields not going to play, uh, which we'll discuss here as well. We are live on YouTube, so if you want to interact with the show, leave some comments, questions, we can answer some of those. And of course, if you're listening as a podcast, we appreciate you. Hope everybody enjoyed the Ryan Poles interview from the other day. Uh, we appreciate the Bears setting that up out on the practice field uh, before the joint practice has started. If you missed it for any reason, please go back, check it out. It's available on our YouTube channel. Uh, the Hogan Johns YouTube channel, but also obviously there in your podcast feed as well. We enjoyed that conversation with Ryan Poles very much. Um, got a couple practices in the books here. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Adam Hogan, at Adam Johns. Johnsy's coverage from all the practices up on theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can find ours at allchgo.com. Nicholas Moriano with a bunch of write-ups and uh, my newsletter out this morning on Justin Fields not playing. Before we get to some of the training camp awards we wanted to hand out, let's just start with that, Johns. What was your reaction to Flu saying, nope, we got the practices in this week. Uh, he's not going to play. Well, I almost wonder. So they made the decision Wednesday night. And Wednesday during practice, Justin Fields got hit twice yeah. in a practice. And there's a clip out there somewhere in social media. I saw it last night. I wish I, I bookmarked it. But it was a low hit. He was hit like below the knee. One of those scary hits where you're like, oh, no, like this could be bad. Um, the player tripped and kind of rolled into him, which makes it even worse. But he was touched. He went down. I think that was the pass completed to Bayless Jones Jr. And you're just thinking to yourself, if you're Matt Eberflus, if you're Ryan Poles, like he's been hit enough this week. Let's get him through the this weekend and get into the Buffalo preparations, if there's any. 
Uh, shout out to Herb Howard, by the way, who's watching live. He says, uh, Papa John's will not miss the coffee. Great convo with polls, fellas. That's still a great nickname from Herb for you, Papa <laughs> John's. <laughs> Got four kids. What do you want yeah, me to say? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just perfect. Uh, we appreciate you, Herb, very much. Missed you down here in Indy, by the way. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with this. Like last week, I was very critical of anyone who was saying Fields didn't need to play. And I, my caveat on being okay with Fields not playing Saturday is that he plays next week. If he does not play next week, then I have a problem with this. Um, I get it this week, though. The joint practices, coaches value those probably more than the preseason games. And you heard Flus even say that having those two practices was like having two preseason games. Because you're getting different looks. Yes, it's not fully live. Um, but you don't want it's close. Fields, yes, and you don't want Fields taking a hit on Saturday anyway. So now you put him in a in a less controlled environment in that game. So I get it. If you accomplish what you want to accomplish against an opponent in practice this week, I'm cool with that. But I still need him to play next week and get more live game reps because. And I put this in my newsletter this morning. If he doesn't play next week, it means two things. One, he will not have had live game reps in a month between the first preseason game and that Packer game in week one, that's pretty much exactly a month. It's four weeks, and that means he will not have any live reps in that time period. And then when you back up and you go, okay, well, what were his live game reps in the preseason? Seven snaps, three passes, all of which were behind the line of scrimmage. I'm sorry, but for me, that's too reminiscent of what Matt Nagy did with Mitch Trubisky in year three when he just sat him out for the entire preseason. So, I'm okay with it this week. I understand the logic. You had the joint practices, but next week you don't have the joint practices. He needs to play next week and get more live reps, in my opinion. And last year he did. He he played the whole Thir- first half. 30 snaps against the Browns. There's a third preseason game. So, I right now, and we Flus left it open to him playing next week, and the one thing we repeatedly say about Ryan Poles and Matty Eberflus since they got here, at least in my opinion, I feel like they make common sense decisions for the most part. So my guess is he does get play next week. Maybe it's not the whole first half. Maybe they scale it a little bit back from last year. But I would I, scale it back. I don't think he's done. I, I don't want him touched. Um, I think there's been progress made that you don't want some type of little random injury to to mess that up at this point. And I know there's a gap between the third preseason game and the start of the regular season, but maybe that range of snaps isn't the full first half. Maybe it's two possessions. Maybe it's possession and a, a little bit more. Just maybe it's 12 snaps, something like that. Just scaled back. I don't think he needs the first full first half. I don't think DJ Moore needs the full first half. So if DJ Moore's not out there, how much do you want Justin Fields out there when he doesn't have his, what is it, duct tape? Yeah, out there. Um, that's from the Ryan Poles episode. Um, I like that. like so. If, like if Matt Eberflus needed another reason not to play Justin Fields against the Colts in the preseason opener, he he got it from Kenny Moore. I mean, we saw that. We had a great viewpoint of Kenny Moore's blitz off the right side, got around Darnell right, one final shove, and then there's a collision with Fields on the throwing hand. It's a fumble. It's a sack strip fumble. You don't want to see that, but it was Fields who was feeling out his hand afterwards. We saw that. Yeah. Well, and you could tell in that moment. Eberflus was pissed. <laughs> yeah, Flus got perturbed. But I had to kind of laugh, too, because if I'm Kenny Moore, I'm like, come on, coach. You're the one who taught me the hits principle yeah. going after the football. Yeah. You're telling me not to knock the ball out of his hand? Like, so I get it from both ways. And, and obviously, that those, you know, Kenny Moore and 
flus have a lot of respect for each yeah. other. They talked it out. But I, I have a feeling that that was somewhat of a carryover from the day before where he took two legitimate hits that you're probably not supposed to to have ever touching yeah. the quarterback um, in a practice. So all good. Like, I get it this week. But again, I still think that there needs to be some polishing, uh, even if it's just a quarter, even if it's just a couple series, maybe 10 snaps against the Bills next week, something like that. Um you know, at least push one throw downfield in the preseason yeah. game, in, you know, in an actual game and not leave it all up. It's going to be vanilla anyway. Vanilla offense, vanilla defense, but you just want the the experience of it. I'm just having flashbacks, and I can already picture some Packers DB coming in here week one being like, yeah, but that's, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Just, we just wanted to make them play quarterback. You the, know? That was almost bizarre when you look back at it, just the, the idea to sit you know, that much in the preseason because we know Andy Reid plays his players in the preseason. They need the, like there's an extra tempo to it. it it's, it's, it's a real football game. Not like playoff, like not even a regular season, like, but it's, it's close as you could get, albeit against backups. But yes, I see your point in terms of fields and, and his developmental path here. He needs some time, but I would scale it back. Yeah. Um, all right. And people in the comments have definitely noticed that uh, we are wearing the same shirt today. Didn't mean to do that. No, that was not planned. Um, it was similar to yesterday when uh, the CHGO crew got done golfing. And then we all, you know, got ready for practice and we all like walked out of our respective bedrooms wearing black CHGO shirts. I think, you know? that, I think that was planned. No, that was not planned. It was planned. Um, and 100% planned. You know, but I think we all just get these routines of traveling and packing, and we all just have the same training plan, favorite shirts, clothes at this point. So, uh, uh, thank you for everyone saying hello to us, yelling from the stands. That was pretty cool. Yeah, there were like it was like there were spies in the stands yesterday. There Taking like, pictures of us, videos on on uh, Twitter, and we appreciate. There's a picture okay. of us with George McCaskey. There was, I saw that. I appreciate George coming over and chatting during practice yesterday, and he was very excited about the Cubs' victory over the White Sox, and it was you know. I was biting my tongue trying not to talk some shit back. <laughs> but really, what what shit would I have to talk anyway? No, no. I got nothing he, to say. He would have kept going to. No, and he, congrats to George McCaskey and all the Cubs fans out there for their win over the White Sox the other night. Um, great content to me. I don't know if you saw that Yeah, talking smack before the game was over. I knew better. It's okay. It's all about the content. Learn, man. Learn it learn. worked. No, it's great. It's great. Um <laughs> Uh, but yes, also in shout out to JD, we still love him and miss him. So, uh, love seeing his name show up in the comments here, even if this was accidental. Um, all right, we are going to hand out some training camp awards. This is sort of the unofficial end to training camp. And then I don't know. I just call like the next two weeks preseason cut down week, whatever the grind of training camp ends here. The Colts wrapped up their practices at this, this facility. They go back to their team facility for the rest of the time. Next week, the practice uh, schedule for the bears changes as well. They go into sort of more of a hybrid game week type situation. Practices are later. They're not open to the public. So with this kind of being the end of the training camp grind, at this point, we want to hand out some awards. Uh, we're going to do offensive MVP, defensive MB, MVP, most improved player here in training camp, and then breakout candidate okay. for the season. So I think the offensive MVP might be obvious, but... Doug Kramer? Doug Kramer. <laughs> there it is. He was actually okay in place of Cody White here <laughs> yesterday. Maybe he's most improved. I don't know. Um, it's got to be DJ Yes, Moore. yes. Yeah. Um, 
the the uncoverable that a word uncoverable it is now okay um he brought it here he played Kenny Moore uh, the Colts have their own second round pick cornerback he didn't fare well against them DJ Moore is good real good all drills open even when he wasn't that open he made some amazing catches there's that one hander kind of towards the corner um the first pylon of the end zone i think there's a clip of that out there on social media as well but just an outstanding couple days here in, in westfield indiana westfield yeah you know he he just it, it he makes it look so easy yeah i'm struggling to remember of, of player that just so consistently in a training camp showed up every single day did the exact same thing at a very high i, I want to say it was kenny moore but he had such separation on him and seven on sevens um one of fields is touchdowns is that the one in the back of the end zone well there was one there was one where he made a really nice catch where we were kind of screened a little bit and i had to ask who was actually in coverage yeah, it was kenny moore but you could tell it was a great catch yeah and then there was another one where I think he just totally, completely beat um, Kenny Moore. And that's a good player. So, yeah, he just... It's, the separation stood out to me. Just in terms of... Well, look what Matt Eberflus kept saying. We want new matchups, different skill sets, different competition for our players. And DJ Moore made some of these players look foolish sometimes. It was an impressive two days. It really was. Yeah, so not much argument there. And I think uh, just based on Ryan Poles' comments to us the other day and that, you know, in a sit-down with us, uh, he would agree that, you know, the DJ Moore thing's working out very well. It's making Justin Fields a lot better, too. And, um, you know, someone on our show last night, I forget who said it, but someone brought up the fact, because we were being critical of P.J. Walker. He's really struggled, but, you know, he hasn't been working with DJ Moore. Yeah. At all. Or, or Darnell Mooney. So uh, that's certainly helping Justin Fields. All right. Defensive MV, MVP. Defensive MVP. I can go first. All right. Go ahead. I, I go with Kyler Gordon. Okay. I don't think anybody's been as consistently good on a daily basis. I think Kyler Gordon, um, he's been out there, first of all. Every single day, he seems like he's all over the field. I, we, we've talked about this a lot, how much his skill set really seems to fit that slot corner spot, and in this defense, it's just such an important position. Even though you're not on the field for 100% of the snaps, uh, who cares? It's just it's it's such an important position. And even though he you know has publicly publicly said, yeah, I'd ideally like to be an outside corner, it's just too good of a match inside. And every single day he's been running around making plays. That carried over here in Indy. He had a great interception yesterday in practice in one-on-ones, um, in the red zone one-on-ones. I I am way higher on Kyler Gordon right now than I was when training camp started. I, I was having some doubts from last year, and he has just been so good. So he is my defensive MVP of training camp. He so that interception came against Josh Downs, the the rookie from God, where is he from? North Carolina. North Carolina. He's not yeah. the biggest player, third round pick. No, but he made a great first impression in practice two days ago. Yes, he did. Well, and, the route running and the quickness was wow. And that's what I that's what I want to highlight about Kyler Gordon because I I thought Downs gave him in the linebackers a bunch of problems early on on Wednesday. Now a lot of things were short and in front of these guys, which is what you want, but it's the, the shiftiness, the quickness, the, the, the immediate separation. So to see Gordon kind of stick to him, like in the back of the end zone or where, where Downs is making those moves and come up with the interceptions, could, probably could have been a better ball, but the point is that Keller Gordon was that close, wasn't biting in all his fakes, seemed to learn from what happened Wednesday 
into Thursday, which is what you want to see, you know, because now you're you scouted a guy, you have experience against a guy. There's no game prep for these guys, you know, as, as opposed to like a regular game week, right? So, so to learn from Wednesday to Thursday, I thought was a positive. I'm going to go like defensive MVP. And I thought Eddie Jackson's had a good camp. He was hurt. He got hurt on Wednesday. doesn't seem to be serious. But I, I almost want to go with like the rookie Tyreek Stevenson just in terms of the guy's been making headlines since the start of training camp. And I think that's more than notable for a second-round pick who the Bears traded up for who is now going to start opposite Jalen Johnson. MVP may not be the right description for it, but he's really come on a lot of different ways. And I think the the edge that he plays with, the the trash talk that he brings – has really like almost incited, excited this this defensive group. They, they love it. And he's really endeared himself to the veterans, to the coaching staff. They love that side of him. And you know what? He's a pretty darn good football player as well. Not afraid to get physical, not afraid to mix it up with whomever. So I think just we're, we've learned that this rookie can bring a lot to the Bears defense. And he's made headlines throughout camp. So I'll give him my MVP. Okay. Wow, that's that's impressive for a rookie, uh, especially because the defense has had plenty of really good days just as a whole. Well, there's been a lot of guys yeah. in and out, you know. Yep. Tyreek Stevenson has been in consistently. Yes, he has been. Um, and I got to pick someone different than Kyler Gordon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, most improved. Now I have a few guys for this. You mentioned Kyler Gordon. Yeah, Kyler Gordon could have been there. Um, there's a couple guys on that defensive line I want to give credit to, like. Terrell Lewis, guys like that, Rasheem Green, but I hadn't like I didn't cover those guys. Last Dominic year. Robinson. So so yeah, but so mine though I'm gonna go offensive line because he's really opened up eyes for me in the last couple of weeks, and that's Jatiri Carter. Um, good pick actually, which I did get confirmation from him yesterday. By the way, Bears fans are wondering how to say that name properly. Good it right is Jatiri. I Jatiri. asked him. He said you can also call him JT. JT it is. So that's that's uh that's I guess a lot of people call him JT. So uh, but but and yes Gary Ross in the comments um you've been all over that that he would he would get better and we've seen that and I think you know with Lucas Patrick out um with Nate Davis not practicing a lot he's Tyree Carter's been thrown in there really since OTAs you could kind of tell he was going to be you know, one of the first guys used. And I right now, I still feel like they would trust him over Alex Leatherwood in that guard spot if they had to go out and play in a game. Jatiri Carter's been good. And um, Poles talked about that the other day, too, in our interview. So that's that's my guy that I feel like is most improved because, you know, going into camp, I don't know that I really would have even considered him to be, you know, a realistic option to actually have to start if necessary. And he's proven it. Yeah, yeah. Um, good depth. Like he, maybe a bubble player going into camp. Would you consider yeah, that? I, I would, yes, I would say that. And now he's your top guard backup. Mm-hmm. Looks good. Looks good. Um, I think there's a couple candidates you, you could throw out there. Um, I think Tevin Jenkins has really settled into to left guard. There's a good snap of him burying a guy against the um, Titans in the first preseason game. Uh, Elijah Hicks. If you want another reserve, I think he's gotten better at safety to the point where they're comfortable. If Brisker or Jackson have to miss time, just rangy, feisty too. Like he had a nice peanut punch on Anthony Richardson yesterday in the open field for a fumble. Um, I thought he's improved. Um, I, I think there's been some rookies who have gradually improved as they've gone here, but just in terms of last year to this year, um, Elijah Hicks, Kyler Gordon, you mentioned, Dominique Robinson. He's, he had a 
good run up to this point. It was kind of quiet here in Indianapolis, but the practices before that, especially before the Titans game, I thought he was one of the Bears' best defensive players. Um, so he's definitely improved. I think it's just good to, to make note of a lot of young guys. And that's three draft picks, four draft picks we just mm-hmm. mentioned. Gordon, Hicks, Carter, and um, now I'm blanking on the guy I just named, Dominique Robinson. Yep. Guys who have flashed their potential at various points, whether it's coming in as reserve, playing for a starter, uh, or being a starter like Kyler Gordon is. So I think it's all positive for Ryan Poles' first draft class, absolutely. Well, just think about these offensive linemen, uh, especially from last year's class. Remember, he, t- he, he took that run of O-linemen late um, with all those extra picks he picked up. One of them was Braxton Jones, who became your starting left tackle. Jatiree Carter now is in there looking like some depth. You, and we knew at the time, I think we even said, w- weren't there four? Am I forgetting one? I had to pull up last year's draft class. But um, I think someone's not on the roster anymore. Well, Zach Thomas is not. He was, wasn't that his he, name? He was he got w- waved. waved and claimed, yeah. Yeah. Um, Doug Kramer didn't look out of place. Oh, Doug Kramer was the other one. Yeah, he didn't look out yeah. of place at all. Well, and I think we said, like, first of all. Yesterday. Those those last those late picks, you're going okay. If one of them becomes a starter, that's a win. We're talking about you know fifth, sixth, seventh rounders here, and Braxton Jones became that guy last year. Now you got a second one in Jatiri Carter, and then like Doug Kramer. Doug Kramer's emerged here almost out of necessity because so many guys are banged up. Cody Whitehair goes out yesterday. Lucas Patrick's been out, but. You know, unlike last year when he got hurt early in training camp and then we didn't hear from him all year, you know, he's been out there every day grinding. And I think he can be a very serviceable backup center, a guy that you can trust. Sound like yesterday, the way Flus talked about him with the calls, protections. That's kind of high praise, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, so, and that's the thing about that position is if, if mentally you know the playbook and you know everything you're supposed to do, you can play out there and be trusted as a backup. Um, I don't. Ends never liked Sam Mustafer that much, but that's why Sam Mustafer got such a long leash for as long as he did too. Yes, he struggled at times, but he could do all those things and he was reliable at the position. So yes, ideally that's your backup, not your starter as much as Sam Mustafer started. But that's why, you know, Doug Kramer's got a shot here, uh, especially because like since basically since Lucas Patrick got here, he's really struggled to stay healthy and be on the field. Yeah, yeah. I I was just literally thinking like with Carter and Kramer kind of coming on, and especially considering the praise that Iberflus had for Kramer filling in for, for Cody Way here, I almost wonder, I'm going to talk myself out of it, whether or not Lucas Patrick could be on the bubble, but I just think they love his spunk <laughs> a little bit too much. You know, just a different energy and stuff like that. But he has not stayed healthy. I don't think he's played in, in 10 days now. Lucas Patrick? Yeah. Uh, 10 months? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The best uh, abil- ability is what? Availability? But yeah, eventually that becomes a uh, you know a, a real thing. So, um, all right, well, that okay. So we were talking about most improved breakout candidate. I'm gonna go to a guy you mentioned earlier. Okay, for me that's Tyreek Stevenson. Like, if there's one guy here that I had to put as the favorite of this rookie class to make a <clears throat> an instant impact to me, you know, get some notoriety notoriety around the league quickly. I think it's Tyreek Stevenson. First of all, he's going to get the opportunity. He's probably, you know, almost certainly at this point starting. Um, And 
you know, you just saw in that preseason game last week too. He's going to be involved. This is how you put it earlier. Like he's just involved in things. He's in everything. <laughs> yeah, and and you know that they're going to pick on him a little bit because Jalen Johnson's going to be on the opposite side. You know, locking things I down. Think, I think Stevenson actually mentioned that himself in a recent interview. That I know we picked on, and I like it. Yeah, he's got just the swagger and confidence you like. Um, so is he going to get beat? Sure. It, you know, wouldn't shock me at all if Jordan Love gets him for a touchdown in Week One, but. Wouldn't surprise me too if Tyreek Stevenson comes back and gets an interception in that game. Maybe knocks a ball out. Um, he seems to fit the hits philosophy, and he's overcome every kind of obstacle or bad rep that he's had. So I, I think for me, breakout candidate, he's right there at the top of the list for me. Yeah, I'm trying to think, trying to define uh, my breakout candidate. So I, I think Kyler Gordon again. We, we talked about him a little bit. I, I think Cole Komet's going to have a better season. Like his numbers are going to be better. I think I I put this in our my column the other day. I think he's going to be the Bears' second leading receiver this season behind DJ Moore. One on ones, especially the first day, absolutely dominant here down in Westfield, Indiana. Um, someone's doing laundry. Is yeah, that is that you? Yeah. Yeah. There's no way the mics pick this up, but thanks for <laughs> yes. mentioning it. <laughs> Distracting, man. <laughs> yeah, when you clean a place up, you're supposed to throw the towels in. Throw throw the stuff in there. Um, Chase Claypool had a good thing going until, you know, his injury. Breakout, I don't know. He's had good years before. I don't think he's going to be the Bears' leading receiver. That's clearly going to be DJ Moore, but you can see his role in the offense. Um I think I just want to talk about the running back position a little bit more because I don't know if there's going to be a breakout candidate, but like Roshan Johnson just continues to get like one or two more reps with the first team and it's noticeable. And then he'll make that one cut, put his shoulder down into a guy and gain a few extra yards, maybe more in a real game. But man, he runs hard, very hard for a rookie. Cole Komet was immensely impressed with the way he handled his his pass blocking, you know, one-on-ones against big defensive ends, big defensive linemen, um, linebackers. Maybe it's Roshan Johnson. I, I, I think there's going to be, you know, a, a committee back there, but just in terms of looking at a running back who has maybe some momentum to break out, maybe it's Roshan Johnson if something happens to Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Uh, now, He's been I, good. Th- now, the obvious candidate would be Justin Fields, right? I mean, if you're really going to talk about, like, who could break out a superstar yeah. um, But, you know, in many ways, Justin did that last year, too, with, you know, the way he What ran. did you do? So, to, to, continue, to continue this, like, what do you think of Fluce's comments that he wants all the success in one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens and other drills like that to carry over to team periods? I think it was spot on. You know, it like it's almost like a criticism that it hasn't it, it, been. It is a criticism. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because like, you know, and we talked about it the last two nights on CHGO. It, it seemed like the Bears were the better team on the practice field for, in my, in my opinion, like 80, 90% of the practice. But then they get in those long 25-minute team periods where you're trying to do a four-minute drill to win a game. And we're down sort of at the far end of the end zone and just waiting for them to get down towards us. And they just weren't coming. And it's like, what's going on down there? You know, we didn't have the greatest vantage point, but it's just the ball's not moving um, far enough downfield. And so, yeah, I think that's, and that gets back to kind of bring this full circle. Why I, I'm not trying to overrate the preseason, but I, I do think that there's, depending on your situation, depending on, 
you know, where you're at in your career, there's definitely value to getting out there, even if it's just a quarter. And I just, I'd feel better going into the regular season if you saw the offense. Not that it didn't move. Obviously, they scored three touch or two touchdowns and, you know, had success the other day. But I'm talking about downfield throws, like execute a drive. Yeah, yeah. You know, get a few first, stack a few first downs. In um, seven snaps last week, as good as it looked, and that's what you want it to be like, uh, it was almost too good, right? Like, you, you still want to see what you're talking about here, what Flus was talking about. Sustain a drive in a team period. Be a little bit more consistent. I think that's the only question still kind of hanging over this offense. Again, though, and we keep talking about this, I think the running game is going to be there. So, and you're not necessarily getting the that full look in practices when it's not live. No, no of course. There's some of those plays that are called for three-yard runs, which could be seven-yard runs. And you're talking about moving the chains a little bit more, picking up different first downs. Flus described it as looking for efficiency, efficiency with short throws, efficiency for, for long throws. And I like this description because I think you're starting to see efficiency in seven on sevens. I mean, yes, you're seeing it. He went eight for eight yesterday. This is Justin Fields, eight for eight with four touchdowns. Immensely impressive. His best drill, I think, by far of the two days here with the Colts. There's only one, the equanimous St. Brown, you're like, okay, he had to buy time, but he still put it on the money in the end zone. Just a good drill for Justin Fields. But then things go into the team period, and it's just clunky, right? But you get those flashes. This is, this is like the, the efficiency part, right? It's, it's choppy. It's not moving well. There's scrambles. There's a sack here or there. And then, boom, deep over the middle to DJ Moore. Twice, back-to-back days. And then there's the shot to Valus Jones Jr. that gets down to the five-yard line. Like, that's still in the Bears' offense, um, those explosive plays. But, like, you need them. Explosive plays, uh, like, increases your percentage for scoring, like, considerably. But there's a lot. there was a lot of bad before those highlight real plays. And I don't think those highlight real plays, at least in Eberflus's opinion, should overshadow all the the choppiness before it efficiency he's looking for just something more smooth right right and And yeah i i I completely agree and then at the same time like without a doubt sometimes we overrate all this stuff a little bit too and you never know quite what's going to carry over uh to the regular season um but all we can do is kind of you know that's why we're there on a daily basis to kind of see how things stack trends day to day especially because once the regular season starts we don't get to watch practice so um then you're going off the games which ultimately matters more so i still remain pretty optimistic about this offense i think it's it's gonna work but if you're you know when it comes to justin fields making that leap in the passing game like there's still this that little bit of I don't even want to call it doubt, but just there's like a little bit more we have to see that hasn't been consistent there in practice so far in training. I think you're looking for that smoothness though too, right? Like yeah. Getting to those quick throws, even if some of them are, are check downs, going through your reads as quickly as you can and getting the ball to your playmakers in, in the team drills where he's not holding the ball long. And you love those deep shots. And it's, again, it's hard to, to really analyze everything that's going on in camp, but... You know, at least the signs are there. Like, I'd be more concerned if you're, you were, if you're not seeing those those deep connections come through. But, yeah, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen that consistent 
you know, seven yards, eight yards, 10 yards, one of those drives where you just stack completions. I don't think we've seen that in team periods in some time. And Noah just had in the comments here that Justin will keep drives alive with his legs. It's true. Uh, which, which, point, he, yeah. which he naturally will, without a doubt. Um, I think everyone just wants to know that he can also make that big throw when, you know, it needs to happen. And certainly we saw that a handful of times last season, but you just want it more consistent. That's all anyone's saying. And I, I, you well, know, I think Fields will tell you that's the next step for him. He's got to be yeah. better with his arm. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. We'll take some questions here, too, before we get out of here. There's, I know here's there's one from Bob. Uh, Hogan Johns, who's a surprise cut and a surprise keep? For the 53 Surprise at this Surprise cut. Putting us on the spot a little bit. But... Um, like a surprise cut would be like a Lucas Patrick. I was going to say, that's like the first name that popped up in my head. Only because we've been talking a lot about the offensive line. Doug Kramer, JT Carter. Doesn't sound the same. Jatiri Carter. Yeah. Jatiri. Now we know how to... But, but that's... I think it's really the Jatiri Carter emergence that would affect that more than anything. Because the thing... The thing that was really giving Lucas Patrick value beyond, um, you know, just the fact that obviously like him as a leader and he's got history with Getsy. Don't forget about that. And that could help him too. Um, but he was going to be your backup guard and center. Really, he was going to be like that guy. But if Carter comes on and is that reliable as a guard and then you feel like you can trust Doug Kramer in a game, by the way, I mean, he's probably at the top of the list of guys that has a pretty good opportunity on Saturday in this Colts game. Yeah. If you're still looking for reasons to watch. Like, just looking at who's healthy on the depth depth chart, Doug Kramer's got to play a lot. So you know, we'll, we'll be able to look at that film and and really get an idea of okay, now it's live game reps. You know, can they really rely on him there? Um, so yeah, I think Lucas Patrick would be a candidate. 
trying to think of other. I mean, PJ Walker would be a shocking cut, but I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, you uh, and I, million, I looked at the contract. Yeah, it's, it's two it's, years, it's, four million, two happening. million guaranteed. It's not happening. And I know as bad as he's been, they still like what he brings elsewhere. You know, being that resource for Justin Fields off the field, having more experiences than a Tyson Bajant. Like that carries weight in that that quarterbacks room. I mean, we know it does. Look at look at last year. They had Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peter, Nathan Peterman here for for Justin Fields. We know the Bears value that type of stuff. The other area where I I'm just trying to figure out how they're gonna and and I think they're in a little bit of a pickle. If you probably ask uh, polls to be completely honest, but that wide receiver room right now is tricky because you got Equinemius St. Brown who is being asked to do more on special teams than he certainly was last year. Now, he does have a history in Green Bay of doing some of that, but with Claypool out, like, that was a guy I maybe two weeks ago would have said could possibly be a surprise cut. St. Brown? But with Claypool out, like, he's in there taking Claypool's reps, and I don't, I don't know, but then there's Pettis, Dante Pettis, who I still think they like a lot, but can you keep Pettis, St. Brown, and Valus Jones. I mean, you got to keep someone to punt return if, if Valus can't do it. If you think the Bears are going to cut Valus Jones Jr., I'm going to remind you to go back and listen to Ryan Poles on the last episode. Yes. Not happening. It didn't seem like it. No. I, I thought that was a pretty pointed answer to a pointed question. Yeah. And, and um, that was pretty revealing. But you can't just have like all these different guys that only do one thing. You know what I mean? Like, are you really... So is, is Dante Pettis someone you consider as... I'm not sure that's I don't a, know surprise if it's a surprise cut, cut, but he's like the seventh receiver right now. But then again, now Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott's had a very uneven camp. He was having some great reps with some impressive deep balls and, and routes downfield, but then he was also having issues holding on to the football, both drops and fumbles after the catch. And then now he's been hurt all week. So that's a tricky situation, too. How reliable is he going to be? Yeah. That, the, the, that wide Tough receiver decisions. room is... I think the defensive end situation has became, become a tougher cut, and Poles mentioned that, too. Like That's going to be a spot where they're going to have to make a really tough decision. But that's kind of because they almost have too many guys playing well. The wide receiver thing is just like, how does it all fit together? Because you could make an argument to probably up to seven players being on the team, and that's just too many. No, no, six is probably the max there, especially if we're going to keep nine defensive linemen with five defensive ends. Yeah. More defensive ends? Six yeah. defensive ends? Probably five. Probably five. Demarcus Walker, Ngakwe, Robinson, Green, and then is it... Terrell Lewis. Terrell Lewis or Travis Gibson. Or Travis Gibson. That's where I almost wonder, could Rasheem Green still be a surprise cut? Even though he's yeah. he's been getting so many reps with the ones. Since the start of training camp. Yeah. But Yannick Ngakwe, I think part of that, though, we sort of forgot DeMarcus Walker was out as long as he was. And all of a sudden with him back in there, because Terrell Lewis, I mean, Terrell Lewis has been consistently flashing. Yeah. And looks like a... Like a like, if you're thinking about who's going to come on the field, don't they call it the NASCAR package or whatever when they're, you know... Your four best rushers. You, you, you're just... You got a third and long situation. That's where you're going to kick the Marcus Walker inside. Who's going to be the guy that comes in uh, opposite of Yannick Ngakwe in those situations? And, like, right now, I'd say Terrell Lewis has what might be the most dangerous guy you could bring out yeah. for that spot. 
in obvious pass rushing situations. So I kind of feel like he's making the team. Was there a second part to that question? Do we answer? Uh, who's a surprise make? Surprise make? I think we kind of went over some of the roster decisions yeah. there, but just in terms of like position numbers, like we we mentioned receivers, you got seven guys in the mix for six spots. You have the defensive lineman position where you have, or let's go specifically for defensive end, where you have maybe four or five spots with, you know, a lot of guys vying for that fifth spot. Um, and then you have like running back. Like, can you keep five running backs? Yeah. Can you? I don't know. A lot of those guys play in special teams in different ways. Like Travis Homer had an awesome rep. He wasn't the kick returner, but he was one of the blockers on a kick return, and he buried a guy, absolutely buried a guy, to really get things going in that kick return drill. You know, special teams, that's where all the fights start, the joint practices. But, like, that's a tough, tough decision there as well. I got a random name, somewhat random. Okay. To make the team? Unfortunately, it goes against, though, the whole wide receiver thing I was just talking about. But that's what the question is. A surprise make the team. I like what I've seen out of 32, Isaiah Ford, who's a little bit bigger than I thought he was. He's a little bit wiry, but he's been making plays, and his vertical is insane. Yeah. He's very athletic. And I don't know if you caught this, but in his... uh, post-practice presser yesterday, Flew said he had a conversation after practice with some of the backups about their opportunity this week with the starters being out. And I observed a four-person conversation right after the team broke their huddle of Flew's talking to Larry Borum, Jerron Dexter, and the third guy there was Isaiah Ford. And I don't know how he could fit in the puzzle. Maybe he gets an opportunity to return some kicks. Um or punts or something like that to, to get in there. But, like, does someone like that get kept over a Dante Pettis? I don't know. But Bring something a little bit different. Younger. The only thing I don't like about that guy is that he wears 32. It's a confusing <laughs> wide receiver number. <laughs> Are those your captains for Saturday? Do they do captains maybe. for preseason game? I don't know. I don't make note of them, but maybe. Larry Borman was better this week. He was. I don't mind. I I'm okay with Larry Borum as a swing tackle. I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he starts at left tackle tomorrow in that game with Braxton Jones being held out. I think Darnell Wright still got to play. Yes, seven he, snaps. He, he's a select game. starter that needs more reps. Um, do you give Demarcus Walker a few? Nah, I think you hold him out. I'm trying to think who the select starters would be. I don't think it's been many offensively. I mean, yeah, Ngakwe's not playing. Um, Justin Jones. I, I, I would think they hold Andrew Billings, Justin Jones out, and they just give Zach Pickens and oh, Javon Dexter that, a lot of runs. It was good to yeah. notice Javon Dexter in that team period. Yeah. With the sack, sack. You know, but he was there. There's a lot of guys that I think you can point out said this was a really good week for just getting not only getting the experience, but how they held up, especially when it comes to the rookies. Like you can go through this rookie class, and I thought they had for two days of practice against an opponent, pretty good. Like Dexter flashed, Stevenson flashed. I, I didn't see any obvious issues with Darnell Wright in practice, um, which is good. I mean, that blitz pickup and Kenny Moore is probably something to talk about, but. He needs to have those type of experiences. Yeah, and that's part where you're going up against opponent. You don't exactly know what they're going to do every rep. Um, that's why these are so valuable because at this point at camp, 
bears versus bears, they kind of know exactly what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> they, they picked it up. They practice against each other so much. So, uh, Zach Pickens, like guys like Pickens and Wright, I was like early on in camp. I'm like, all right, this is starting a little too slow for me, but they've really picked it up. And, Wright in particular. Yeah. And Pickens more than Dexter. In terms of flashing? Yes. Yeah. I thought it was notable when Andrew Billings left briefly in a team period on Wednesday that the first reserve defensive lineman that came on was not Javon Dexter, but Zach Pickens. It is interesting. Yeah. Um, Pickens has been working more at the one technique, by the way, with Dexter at the three technique. Um, so it could be a little bit of that. Yeah, and that's how it looked like in the game last week, too. So that's a great question um, and fun to think about even on the spot. So hopefully... Um, and Kent's asking this question, our producer, would you rather have Will Greer, currently the court number three quarterback in Dallas? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't thought about that too much. Would you play Tyson Bajant the entire game? Uh, no, because P.J. Walker needs to figure out whatever <laughs> he needs to figure out. I think his his purpose on this team is more than actually playing well, which is kind of strange to say. But if you're going to tune in for anything on Saturday, watching the rookie, who's actually had a, had a really good day Thursday, too. Um, the kid's been good. He's, he's gotten better. He's interesting. I... I still don't know, you know, are they going to keep three quarterbacks on the 53 um, with how P.J. Walker's played? And if this rookie quarterback's really, you know, come on as strong as he has? Because the other thing you risk is if you put him out there, it plays like the whole game Saturday and plays well. That's the type of guy that all of a sudden doesn't clear waivers. Yeah. If you're trying to get him to the practice yeah. squad. And we, we talked about that with Ryan Bulls. Yeah. No, another throwback to that episode. <laughs> Well, hopefully people, hopefully people have already watched or listened to it. But if not, uh, check it out right after this. Um, all right. I think this is going to wrap it up for us in Indianapolis for the most part. Um, obviously, still got the game Saturday. We'll have you covered back in Chicago on CHGO, at least on pre and post. Uh, we'll have a 5 o'clock pregame and then a postgame show after that. Johns and I will get back together after the weekend to kind of wrap up everything we saw. Um, you and the Fishman are swapping places yes he's coming down i'm going home i like it i like it um he can watch the justin fields list is justin fields less less no fields on saturday yeah he was probably i gotta finish my coffee before i yeah, can talk fully the, <laughs> we won't talk about what time you woke up <laughs> you can't before the show <laughs> I, I woke up like early i'm like oh just you know get 15 more minutes or sleep? No, it turned into about another hour and a half. Of sleep. Oh boy! And you got I the rushed, text about rushed over here. <laughs> got the text about fifteen minutes before Man, we're supposed like to start. Like Herb said, I got four kids. Papa John's needs rest. <laughs> yes, you do. You take advantage of these road yeah, trips. If, if my wife is listening to this, she's probably rolling her eyes because she gets up before me. She's probably like, now I'm yeah. probably in trouble. Yeah, but see, I had to take care of Braggs and Carm yesterday, <laughs> which was harder <laughs> harder than dealing with my nine and two year olds. Yeah. This house must So smell. I didn't get a break. Yeah. I didn't get a break. Uh, yeah. yeah, babysitting. So, all right. I uh, appreciate everybody watching, um, listening. Thank you very much uh, for all the comments on the polls interview. Anybody who sh was shouting us out from the stands in Indianapolis. What a, I mean, so many Bears fans were down here and uh, a lot of Hogan Johns Time. listeners too. So we, we uh, really appreciate that. Uh, merch is going strong on obvious shirts those polos yeah, get them before they sell out we saw them in the stands here in indianapolis 
um, which was great to see. They look awesome. They're comfortable, um, high quality Adidas polos. So uh, go get those. And um, I'm still trying to get confirmation on the hats, but I think they're they're coming. Saw a couple of those hats here. Yeah. Some of the older ones. We got new ones coming, though. I'm telling you, they're going to be here, I promise. So um, uh, keep an eye out for those. Obviousshirts.com is where the merchandise is. I think you can still get these, too. These JD shirts. Um, I think I need a new one. So, all right. Any final thoughts? No. No. Good trip. I, I like the, the location here. It made yeah. me miss Bourbonnet. Same. Same. Um I would not complain if the Bears decided to do this annually against the Colts down here. Yeah. Well, you got to get them in the preseason schedule. Or not. Do you really have to? Um, but the, remember, the teams can kind of negotiate their games to a certain... It's true. So I think you do have to have them on the schedule. Um, although teams, I don't know if they've been doing it the last couple of years, but teams used to have early practices before the preseason games even started, like that week before. Yes. Um, based on what Flew said yesterday, I could see him doing two of these next year. Yeah. Maybe one at Hallis Hall, I maybe one down here. Is the Patriots the only team that we know who have done it twice in a year? The Packers. Have they? The Packers did this year. Did the Packers they? practiced against the Patriots this week, and they had the Bengals last week. Wow. Yeah. So A lot of value in these. More and more teams doing that, putting more emphasis on the practices than the uh, preseason games, um, which is fine. It's all good work. And I'm entertained watching them. So there's that, too. It's better than a usual training camp practice. <laughs> it, just, it just changes Especially things Especially at this up. point. Yeah, no question. All right. Uh, we'll follow us on Twitter. Uh, again, obviousshirts.com for the merch. Please rate and review the podcast. Uh, we appreciate all the comments. Help grow it. Send it to a friend. Most importantly, text the link to a friend. Say, hey, Bears fans, get on board. Because this will be a fun season of football, in my opinion. I think we're going to have a great time. And we'll have you covered here all the time right here on Hogue and Johns. So we'll talk to you early next week and uh, recap everything from the Bears-Colts game. See ya. See ya.